What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another weekly episode of Scale Riders Podcast. This is episode number 174. I am your host, 65 Lokes, covering model car culture from around the world. My guest for this episode is Al Camacho, also a member of Model Car Builders Association. He's based out of Southern California. His Instagram, most of you guys will check out his work there. It's at MCBA underscore Alfonso90744, high-skilled model builder, a lot of things to talk about, his first time on the podcast, so let's just go right ahead and get things started, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Hey, what's up Al, how you doing? What's up Edgar? Yeah, pretty good, chilling, how you been? Good, a little busy, but trying to make some time around here. That's cool man, hey, um, I was uh, was tripping out on your booth, the photos you sent me of your paint booth? Yeah. Was it, is that custom built? Yeah, I built it myself. Dang, dude. It looks pretty cool. Uh what what's the size of something like that? Uh It's about Uh it's about I think it was about 20 24 inches wide by 20 deep. Dang, that that's a good amount of room right there for yeah. sure. That's pretty tight, man. Yeah, um, and you, do you have that set up like in the garage, or or do you have like a like a like a shed or something separate to have that? Uh, I have a spare I have a spare room in the back behind the garage. Um, it wasn't being used for much, but storage. So I kind of started making it my my hobby room. Yeah, right on. Yeah, because all those other builds that you had right there set up look pretty cool. Like some are in progress, some they're already like in the primer stages. Yeah. Right on, dude. And um, as far as like building, like what what's like your time? Like when is it when you get down to business? You know, aside from work and everything, when's your building time? Um, usually at night. Usually around after nine, nine o'clock, when I get some time after everything's done. That's cool, man. Yeah, I, I feel like you know, even for myself, that time right there, like nine, is about that time. And, you know, it just depends, you know, what, what's like what you need to do in, in order to to kind of move forward. Because there's days where I get a little tired. Do you yeah. uh, do you tend to work on stuff like almost every day or do you kind of just wait till like the weekend? Um, I try and get something done every day, even if it's just for half an hour. But there are those days where I don't touch a model for. For a week at a time, sometimes just with work and everything else you're just tired sometimes yeah for real dude it it's a trip the way that works you know and and it's good though too to like kind of step away for a bit and just kind of do other things because I, I feel like that's when like all those ideas uh start to flow out yeah because sometimes if you just try to if you try and force yourself to to do something either make a mistake or you just kind of burn yourself out on it yeah They'll step in a way sometimes even for a day or two just helps out. Yeah, that's true. And what's on the bench right now? Like, what, what are you uh, currently on? Um, well, I try to get the the skyline to try to uh, do a quick build on it, but those never turn out a quick build because you always find something else that you're going to do, so you start <laughs> modifying. <laughs> yeah, I know, uh, right? I hate when that happens. <laughs> Um, but I got this, I got, actually I got three skylines started right now. Uh, I got paint on one of them. 
body work on one primer on another one. Uh, there's a 60, the 63 Nova wagon I have to try and finish up. I kind of messed up the hood, so I'm trying to color match that. Um, I actually did the engine compartment, put a um, engine in it since they don't come in it with an engine in them. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple of Indy cars. I got a Formula One, a couple of stock cars. I'm all over the place. I've been all over the place the last couple of years. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I know, uh, you know, I've interviewed some modelers recently that have told me they like to stick to the one from beginning to end. And then once it's done, they like to move on to the next. And for myself, I mean, I'm kind of the same, like all over the place. And as much as like, I want to kind of want to try that, the, uh, you know, the stick to one model, try to get it done. And then move on to the next. But, man, I want to say it's it's really hard. It's hard for me, you know, and I definitely understand. And I don't I don't see there's nothing wrong with this. It's kind of cool having, like, a, a balance, a little bit of everything. Well, the problem is you, you go on the Internet and you start trying to look for ideas or trying to look for something. And you see somebody working on something. <laughs> you're like, hey, I try that. Yeah. So kind of put what you're working on aside and try, try that on, on another build or you... Um, take another one out of a box that's been there for a couple of years stalled and try something new on it to, at the time you weren't ready to try. Yeah, that's so true, man. There was a, like a wall back, there was like a 65 Impala that in my mind, I, I was like, yeah, I want to do this to it, all these modifications to it. But I just, I didn't know how to do it at all. And I I tried, I got it to a point, but then I stopped and I, I, I still have the model to this day. I just never, like, open it or bring it out or anything. Um, it's almost like I'm not ready still. I feel like to revisit it. And uh, because I, I was, I was going to do, like, suicide doors. Um, the, the front part was going to be hinged. Kind of similar to, like, the local 64. How that yeah. r- front part. And it's so funny because when I hinged that one, I didn't even use, like, like brass wire, like, hard wire. I was just using like that soft metal that they were selling at like Hobby Lobby. So that thing, oh. <laughs> that thing was like super like loose. And every time I would open the door and close it, it would just bend all crazy. <laughs> and it, it was, I mean, it, it became a little annoying, but then I was like, all right, I'm just like not ready. And I mean, stuff that I learned along the way, I'm just like, Sometimes I'm like, all right, I think I'm ready for it. But then I'm like, nah, I don't know if I want to do it, though. You know, because like you said, I get excited seeing everybody else's stuff online. Yeah, that's the thing is I can uh, as as builders, we're we're always learning something. And that's, you know, where you, you, you're, you do something, you get stuck on it, you get frustrated, you put it away. Um, you know, a week, a month, a year down the line, you either suck it up and try and try and go for it or you you see somebody else doing it and you're like oh okay that makes sense now you were just stuck and you get stuck in something trying to do it your way and it's not working till you see you see somebody else do it and you're like oh okay okay makes sense now i'll try it i'll try it this way and it kind of it kind of works out yeah do you think uh as far as like the quick build like on our mind where we want to do a quick build because we just want to have that like satisfaction of like kind of uh zooming through like the process of like primer paint clearing 
and just displaying that kind of like a short a shortcut I, I guess you could say and like yeah. that's kind of like the what we were thinking right around like a quick build but then how you were saying earlier how it, it changes like the minute you're doing it you're like oh maybe i should do this or change that and now it's like now you're stepping into you know that other stage where you're like all right i gotta put in that work now and then it prolongs and it's like goodbye to the quick build yeah now you have another started project on the bench yeah dang yeah yeah i try yeah try and do a quick build just to you know try and go like you said try and go through all the through all the processes all the steps to try and get something done because you you look around your table and your room and you have so much stuff started yet that's taking forever and you just want to see something done yeah dude it's uh like I, i've been moving on from project to project like i get it to a certain stage and then i'm like all right i'll, I'll just put it away now i want to start the next one and then, like, there's one, the Aoshima Lamborghini Liberty Walk. Yeah. I've already cleared it. I've already pretty much done w what I wanted to do to it. I just need to basically, uh, like, color sand the, the clear, polish it, and and just pretty much assemble the, the car. But now I'm, I'm kind of like, all right, I don't, there's days that I'm like, I don't feel like doing that today, you know? And then I just kind of leave it aside. And then I, I start getting more pumped, gluing other pieces and, and sanding another car, getting it ready for primer. <laughs> and, and you know, know it's like all over, dude. When I saw when I saw that photo with all your projects, I was like, <laughs> dude, that to me, I don't know. I like that. I thought it was cool. And uh, but I I feel like I could be the same way. Like if I had to pull them all out and put them on the table, they're gonna be all over the place, undone. Yeah. Yeah, the problem is getting getting motivated when you have to do some sanding, some body work, and then wait for that to dry, wait for the primer to dry, wait for the paint to dry. Is <clears throat> when you get started on something else, or you just get back to working on something else. You start working on that, you paint it, you clear it, you're waiting for that to dry, and you get on something else, and then that gets pushed off to the side because you don't you're not looking forward to polishing the clear or sanding the primer down or or finishing up the body work, so you kind of start pushing that aside because it's tedious work. It gets, it gets boring. Yeah, it can. For sure, it, it will. Y you know, like right now, this month, I mean, this year has pretty much flown by, but now, you know, we're like middle of July. We're going to be heading towards August. So as far as like the year, you know, you could say we're like in the middle of the year to end. And then the beginning of next year, we have – here in California, the like the NNL West and the Roadster Show, and those are those are like two events that you attend every year. Because I've seen you with uh, when West comes out. Yeah, you you guys you guys uh, bust the missions and and head out. Would you say like knowing that that's coming up? Like, uh, when is a time for you when you feel like all right, I need a. I need to be grinding right now. Like this is a time if I want to bring out something new, let's say for those shows, um, is there a particular month or is it kind of maybe like last minute when you're like, all right, let's put something together. Um, it's been last minute a few times. Um, but usually I try to, I try to go back and finish something that I'd started for one of the shows for, for one of those shows in the years past and try and finish those. Um, cause I know I usually don't have much to go 
except for the tedious parts of you know color sanding and trying to get some stuff finished for the for it but because something always goes wrong so you're trying to fix that or get frustrated and put it aside yeah um, it, usually for coming up for those shows i'd probably probably around october i'd, I'd start trying to actually grind to see what was what i'm going to get done for those shows mm, yeah and um when uh when west like comes out you know because the show's like on a saturday uh do, do you guys like drive up together and just stay out there like the day before how, how's that that mission when you guys head out there uh, we try and we've done it heading out the day before. We've done it heading out the same day. Um, but if we're gonna try and hit up both shows, we we try and hit up on uh, head out on Friday and hit the NNL on Saturday and then head back for Sunday for the roaster show. But I don't know if that's gonna work this year because I think they moved the the dates for the roaster show till February. Oh wow, they got pushed back. Yeah, the beginning of February. Mm-hmm. Dang. Yeah. Do, do you know if, uh, I mean, I haven't checked, uh, you know, about NNL having it, you know, in January. I know, um, you know, one of the guests I had earlier, he, he was one of the, the like, the reps. He was part of the, the NNL West. And he said that, you know, if the date's given for sure, but I haven't checked. if they Yeah, so they're, they're planning for January again, but they haven't given, given out the dates yet. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping uh, I go. Did you end up going this year to the, was it in June, right? No, I didn't go because I was actually uh, on vacation. Mm-hmm. When that came around, that came around, they announced it. I already had vacation plans. So that kind of fell through. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like for for a lot of people that I thought were going to go, uh, like something came up for them and they couldn't make it from out here. Uh, yeah. But all my other friends that are close by in Northern California, they were definitely there. Yeah, it just seems for like a show like that, beginning of the year is, is kind of better for everybody because they have the free time. You know, Christmas just passed, New Year's passed, so they kind of have a little bit of free time. But in the middle of in the middle of uh, June like that, and you know, everybody has their family or something going on. Yeah, you're so right because there's you know beginning of the year, everyone's like like you said doing the family thing, and then. And then at the same time, I feel like that show kind of sets it off for a lot of people. Like it gets you excited uh, for the beginning of the year, yeah. And and the beginning of of you know future shows that will pop up throughout the year. And it it just gets more complicated during like the middle of the year because it's like if you have kids and they're on vacation or your work is like all right, here you go, you got you take a vacation now. Yeah, it's hard, hard to get those two days to get away for those two days to. Mm-hmm for a show no it is it's like very very critical hump like when was the first time you went to nnl um first time i went to nnl i think was i'll say it was um 2008 i think it was a 2008 yeah so i think it was a 2008 2009 yeah a, wow and you know from from that time you know were you going like every year um, I was going like every other year. Okay. Right on. And have you noticed, you know, like shifts or, or just like styles of cars that have like emerged or kind of like dipped out and then come back in? Um, a lot of the, the low rider, the actual, the, 
custom paint and a lot of that that's it's, it's gotten bigger it used to be we used to have like a, a, a maybe half a table of lowrider cars to a table and now there's like two full rows of tables of just lowriders down <laughs> yeah dang that's I mean, everybody's big, everybody's paint paint skills are way up there now uh-huh like you you've seen the evolution huh <laughs> like from then to yeah. now Damn, what a trip. Yeah, it's it's interesting seeing that. It's, like, fascinating. Um, I, you know, I guess, you know, more and more people are, um, like, helping each other out or sharing, like, info of how to do it or what to use. Yeah. And I think people are just more, they want to learn, so they're taking the risk. Now they're, like, they're down to do it no matter how the car comes out. And then they'll just try it on another, another until they get it right. Well, that and I think the the actual cost of getting into airbrushing has come down a lot. Mm-hmm. It's gotten more affordable. Yeah. How like back then? Uh, what was it like? Everything else was a little bit more like airbrushing, like the boots and all that. Um, actually, I had I never had a, a spray booth. I would also always just spray in the garage or. Um, some of the guys know me; they'll laugh because I used to I used to spray at work in the morning before I before work started. Mm-hmm. I show up early and there and uh, do all my painting at work. Oh, damn! Yeah. So you would just bring like you just bring your stuff to work and just do it there, like really early before things got started. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. And they, would they trip out though? Would they be like, "What are you doing?" Um, usually there was nobody around when I was doing it. Oh, all right. All right. Dang, that's cool. Yeah, there was times where I remember when I was uh, uh, working on certain projects, I would, like, bring them, and I would be like, all right, when I get off work, I'll, I'll spray in the back because there's no one around. And if and if I spray back at home, like, there's, I'm going to be distracted or just, you know, something. So that was, like, a, a, a thing for a while in, in the back. Uh, but... When you were doing it at work, were you spraying like in, inside? Was it like a shop or something? It's a it's a shop, so I was I was spraying inside. Oh, cool! And the and the owner never tripped. No, nobody ever tripped because I mean I all my stuff was I, was I was all portable and I had all my stuff I laid out laid out spray and then put everything away before work. Yeah, but you don't do that anymore, huh? No, well, that, that was only that was the only way I could paint before because I, I was living in an apartment, so I didn't I, I didn't have anywhere to paint. Yeah, so, dude, I hate I, when when that when that happens. You know, the I, I feel like a lot of people have that. You know, that live in apartments that can't spray, and uh, and it sucks because you wanna. It's like you wanna spray like so bad. Like now, now that you have a booth, like aren't you happy that like any time. You know that you have free time, whether night or even day. If you like, had the day off, you could just walk in there, turn on the light switch, power everything up. You know, get your paints ready, and and you could go, and no one's gonna bother you. Yeah, nobody's gonna bother. But it, it, it's the same thing. It's sometimes it's because I I usually do stuff late. Mm-hmm. It's it, it, getting everything ready and going to spray. Sometimes it's just by the time I get get around to doing that, it's already you know ten eleven o'clock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah when uh, when it hits (laughs) when it hits 11 are you already like kind of like all right i better stop i need to get ready for bed um 
it depends what I'm doing. Sometimes you just get caught up on what you're doing. It's but by the time you look up, it's you know one two o'clock. You get caught up on doing some body work or just doing some detail work on something, and just time flies by. Yeah, and you feel like you haven't done anything because you're still working on the same part. Mm-hmm. But in, and then before you know it, it's three hours later. <laughs> Dang. Do you uh do you ever like have you recently you know like got together with like any of your friends or just to like either paint or or work on anything? Um, I like to say, but no. Um, a lot of the guys are doing their own thing. They all got families now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Try and get together, but it's it's hard sometimes. Sometimes not the only time we see each other is at the shows. Yeah, dude, it, it's it's so tough now. Like, uh, I I feel like, you know that you're right. That is like the only that those opportunities of being able to go to a show is when you get to like hang out with your friends at that. And like, I, there's some homies of mine who I talk to back at home, and and they're always like, "Hey, whenever you come to Oxnard, let's let's go grab lunch or let's kick it." And even though I drop over there. F- in a day just to work in the morning. Um, I really don't have the time and it's, and it's tough because I, I do want to kind of like chill and like get something to eat or just talk, uh, like in person. But it's like, if I do that, I'm going to get home really late. Cause sometimes, you know, the, that rush hour hits and instead of getting home within an hour 15, it's going to turn into two hours if I wait longer. Yeah. You know, and that's just, and that's just, just kicking it. Like, just to chill, but I can imagine, you know, you want to get with your friends to like make it a day to like hang out, model build, just chill, you know, or paint some stuff. It's, uh, it's different now because, you know, obviously we're, we're getting older and, you know, families and everything, it gets tough. Yeah, it gets tough. I mean, um, back in the day, our, our hangouts, we used to, we used to go hang out at, um, Anthony Rios. We used to hang out at his plat pad or uh, the late Roger Chavez. We used to hang out and have uh, bill days over at his at his pad. But um, since he's passed away, that's kind of it's kind of it's gotten kind of hard to get everybody together. Yeah how how were how was like those days like when you guys would hang out like at that time were you uh, like picking up like learning on new like new skills and new things from everybody. Oh yeah, because I mean, I just I, I didn't get back into building till uh, 2007. Like everybody else, I mean, I was I was building back when I was you know, 10, 12 years old. But then, you no know, sports, everything else kind of takes takes a uh, precedence over precedence over that. <clears throat> so I kind of put put everything aside, um, and then. Uh, ran to one of the guys at work, uh, Jesse Del Pozo. I kind of, kind of started talking to stuff. I was, I went over by his house and he had some models on the, on the table. I was like, Hey, you build? He's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I got some, I got some guys that, that we built together. I was like, Oh shit. I haven't, I haven't built, I haven't built anything in years. So he's kind of, he kind of got me into building again. So I kind of went over to my mom's mom and dad's and looked at all the stuff to find my old stuff and found some of my old builds. And that's, uh, that's, how I kind of started was I took one of my old glue bombs apart and started trying to work on that. 
Dang, that's crazy. That that damn, that sounds tight. I'm like imagining like the whole story and right what you're saying. So let so let's go back. So like when you got started, you said you were ten years old. Yeah, and, watching, and I'd watch people build build, and then I kind of uh, bothered them enough to where you know, uh, mom and dad bought me a bought me a kit back in the back when Kmart used to sell kits, and those were my first uh, my first kits that I started building on. Wow. And when you were building those kits around that time, were you aware of like hobby shops or anything? Or it was just, just a Kmart? Um, we had a, a hobby shop down the road. Um, at the time I didn't realize how big it was till I look back at it now. Um, it's gone now, but they, they, they had a lot of everything. I'd go in there. I didn't, I didn't know what I was looking at. Except I just wanted a car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just Dang. And and you grew up during that time. You were growing up here, in, like here in Southern California. Yeah, I'm from Southern California. I've always lived here. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Dang. So like, when when the sports hit, was that like around like high school? Uh, it was around junior high. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Dang. So you you were already doing sports pretty young then, and then yeah. and then man, so that's a lot of years, kind of like like a hiatus, you know, not doing it, but still, it was like. Like, it was still in your heart. Like, you still, you know, it was something you did back then that was, like, fun. And once you linked up, you know, once you found out and you got the your glue bomb and, and you got... How, how was that feeling at that time when you got back into it? Um, It was cool. And it was, when I got back to go and I started talking about building again, he's like, yeah, there's a, there's a show coming up. I was like, what? There's a show for these? I didn't know about that. <laughs> You know, there's a, a show coming up in a couple of weeks. We'll go. <clears throat> and, uh, it was a uh, Herb Deke's show in, in Orange County, and I'm just I just remember walking around the tables, going, "Wow, you know, these are, I mean, these guys build like these guys build like this." So I just remember seeing the the paint jobs, the style of builds. I was like, "Wow, that's what I want to do." Yeah, it must have left like a really big impression. Like you know, first you find out about the shows, and then stepping in there and you get to see people's work must have been like blown away like crazy like what yeah i just, I just, wanted, I just wanted to get back into it damn that's tight and um i didn't have anything i didn't have no tools i didn't have no paint mm-hmm. gotta start from scratch dang and when, when you uh when you started to obtain like your tools and everything uh were you now starting to get that at the hobby stores um, yeah, there's a couple that, uh, at Hobby Town, um, my first big, I remember my first trip to Pegasus, I was like, I was like in, in little, little kid's heaven, walking around Pegasus and looking yeah. at all the bills and paints. I was like, wow. Yeah. They were like, Hey, hold on. Did you go by yourself or did, or did the guys take you? No, the guys took me. Oh, dang, dude. It must've been really dope. <laughs> like just checking everything out and. Probably wanting to buy everything. Yeah. Dang. But they're like, hey, you gotta, you gotta start with this first. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. And when, uh, when you started, you know, was everything, um, were they showing like airbrushing or was it just starting off with rattle can? Um, just starting off with rattle, uh, with rattle can, but I remember trying that back in the day. 
and I wanted I wanted my finishes to look like the ones I saw on the tables. So I was like, I want to I want to learn how to airbrush. I mean, and so <clears throat> going to I go to Jesse's house almost every weekend for like two months, just sitting there playing with an airbrush, playing with the playing with his airbrush, learning how to learning how to airbrush, and then if I just bit the bullet and went and bought my own. And we just have build days over at uh, at his house, or and then we started going over to Anthony's house. Introduced me to him. Introduced me to Roger. Um, introduced me to some of the uh, some of the guys, um, Dennis Martinez. Uh, and it was it was cool. I, mean, I didn't know th- that guys were still into building like that. Mm-hmm. Dang, that's a trip. And uh, wh- when was it when you met Wes? Uh, first time I met Wes was actually at a show. Uh, it was on a show in Ontario. And that was maybe... I want to say it was around 08, 09. I think it was like he was like 16 years old at the time. Mm-hmm. Damn, it's pretty young. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's tight. And and during that time, was he? Because he was he was he he was still living out here, right, in California around that time. Yeah, he was in the West Covina. All right, and um, and was he also at that time uh, when you were hitting up the NNL West? He was also heading out there. Uh, he didn't go with us. His dad wouldn't let him go. Oh yeah, he's pretty young. He was pretty young. His dad didn't know all of us. Hmm. And if you look at if you look at all the guys together, sometimes you know a bunch of thugs just walking around. <laughs> like who's uh, that? <laughs> Dad's yeah. all tripping. Yeah, his dad was cool after you know, some local shows. He, yeah, he started hanging around Anthony's. Anthony started showing him how to airbrush. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, dude, like from seeing your builds, they're very clean and. You could you could tell like you ha- you have a style and er- everything just looks super clean like all the stuff that I've seen you know from the paint to the clear and even like the bare metal foil like all the other details that go into it uh, when when it comes to you know like the the details and just like the 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 final product are you like hard on yourself to be like nah like this I got to redo it or do you just kind of it's just from so much time of practice that you're just like you've dialed it into where you're you're busting out like that. Um, sometimes it works out to where yeah, it's there it's clears flawless. You don't have to polish anything. So sometimes you said there's a couple of spots you have to polish out. So you look at sometimes you clear something, you do it the same same way you did it the last ten times, and you look at it and you're like, what happened? Mm-hmm. What did happen to this? And I mean, I've talked to Wes before on this. It's like you get to a point where it'd be easier just to throw the body away and start over and not waste the time of stripping it and doing and starting all over again. Mm-hmm. But you look at it like I have so much time invested in this already or I want to see it. I want to see it through. And that's kind of where the frustration starts building sometimes because you now you spent more time 
chasing a problem, trying to fix a problem. And it's take, it's take, it starts taking longer and longer. But when you do, when you do finish it, you get that satisfaction of, okay, I got through this. It's, it's the way I wanted it, but there's always something you want to do better. No, yeah, I agree, man. Definitely. When, um, you know, like on some of your builds, you know, it's like the, the paint job and the clear, you know, that's like one thing right there. Like, I, let's just say it's like a department. And then the next department's like details, you know, whether it's the interior or engine detail. Uh, did you have to kind of go through a, a phase of each thing to really kind of focus and you feel like, all right, I've like, I've gotten to a level on this where, where it's like, I'm happy, I'm satisfied. Like I mastered it. Now I need to move on to this other, you know, the, the other department, even though, you know, we keep learning. But still, it's like you feel like, all right, it's time to move on when for like engine detail and things like that. Um, was that in the beginning? Was that like something that was like very difficult to attack? Um, it still is difficult. That's one of my uh, things I'm trying to get better at is more and better engine detailing. Because it, it gets to the point where you're, you're doing so much detail or trying to get so much detail. You just want to say, I'm done. It looks good enough. Because you're getting frustrated, and that's the last thing I just got to get done. Because the body's sitting there on the table, it's done, chassis is done, and you're trying to put more and more detail into the motor. What's going to test to this? And you just you just keep going. You're like, okay, when do I stop? Yeah, I'm. I'm. You, even for me, I'm. I'm just getting into like photo etch. I know. You know. You. You see it in stores or you see people using it and for me it was like very like basic like oh i'm just gonna buy like this here maybe the the speaker grills or something like mm -hmm. that you know and but now that i start to see you know the the amount of of detail or just even the the way it looks it's it's very attractive you know to see that and i'm like man i, I want to push myself to try something like that but then you could you could just tell like it's it's kind of complicated, but I guess it's like one piece at a time, doing it up. Yeah, it gets it's complicated, and that's still something I, I have to improve on. It's just having that the that patience of doing it slow and doing it one piece at a time to get everything done. But then my problem is sometimes the. I look at it. I look at it that when I'm building it is I look at it as I'm like I'm building a one to one, mm -hmm. and sometimes that holds me back because I'm like I look at him like this this there's this wouldn't work on a one to one car, but I have to step back and go this is just a model it's just supposed to look like it's working, mm -hmm. so sometimes that kind of gets in the way because that's that's where that's where my background is is on is on one to ones, I'm a mechanic by trade, and I came up. Since I was uh, 18, working on on uh, on race cars, working on street cars for a shop, and that's kind of where I kind of picked up a lot of the a lot of the mechanical skills. Yeah, man, that's cool. I didn't know that. That's a that's a nice connection right there. Doing like that, you know, and, and coinciding with the model building, and because um, I, I have noticed. 
you know, the sketches you've done that you've posted on Instagram, uh, like you create, like scratch building, like a chassis. And, and when you're going to, you know, start on a new build, are you pretty much already in your mind, you kind of have an idea of, or, or a visual of how you want this car to look like? Um, about 99% of the time. Yeah. Um, sometimes I just start with a set of wheels <laughs> and look for a car that goes with those wheels just, and then go from there. Sometimes I just pick out a color and, uh, pick out a body and paint it and see, and then go from there and then see what style it, it goes down. Mm-hmm. Cause I have the cars that I started that were going to be a low rider, um, candy paint job, metal flake, and then they ended up being a street ride. Or the, the car ended up starting to, trying to build as a as a street rod, and they ended up going in another direction. Just sometimes that's it. Just goes makes a left turn. Yeah, that's I have to stick more to where the way I started it and go from there. But then, like I said, you see a, you see a build, you go to show, you see something, you're like, oh wait, I want to try that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And as far as like the different genres of, of style of cars that you build, um, do you, do you feel like you're taking something like you've learned something and then, you know, go to another style, learn something from there. And then now it's like, you're learning all these different styles and skills that you're applying to like the newer future builds. Yeah. Always learning, um, something from the way I, I kind of explained it to, some of the guys is you always want to push yourself to do something new on every build. If you've never tried bare metal foil, try bare metal foil on your next build. Now you got that out of the way. Now, if you want to try doing some photo etch detail, you have speaker grills or just a emblem on the outside of the body, do that on the next build. Pretty soon you're kind of doing everything on one build that you've, that you learned. You kind of, you kind of put into the next one yeah that's some good advice right there for like the emblems uh do you when you use like photo etch do you tend to to place like the photo etch piece over the scripture that's already kind of molded on the body or do you like to sand that off get it smooth and then just place that like photo etch piece on top um i'll sand it off and put the photo etch piece on on the body where it's supposed to be yeah it gives it more like a like a cleaner look that way something more realistic because the other way it's just gonna like pop out like all kinds huh? yeah, yeah it's sticking out too far yeah <laughs> no yeah have you ever tried the uh like the interior with the foam uh i've thought about doing it a couple times but that's just not i don't do that style yeah it's tough man i i tried it too back then i think i still have a box somewhere with a bill I still remember going to Hobby Lobby and like buying, man, I went like a couple of those big bricks, of all kinds of foam <laughs> sheets. And I opened up the pack. I probably, you know, took out some to, to cut, use and, and try to figure something out. And it just didn't work out for me. I ended up giving those away later because I just never used them. Yeah. Cause that, um, Augustine, uh, in Texas, he was going to, he offered to do an uh, interior for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, at one time, and I was like, "Nah, I'm cool." I mean, that's I do lowriders, but I like doing them either more traditional or more of a custom, like a lifestyle, um, 
type build with an interiors leather. It's got and uh, custom panels. Uh, more of a more. It's kind of if you looked at like uh, inside of the the, the Loretta, it looked like it was a street machine, like mm -hmm. a like, like a modern car instead of the velvets and all that. Yeah. What are like your favorite cars to build? Um. I have, I'm all over the place because, like I said, I um, growing up, I was doing, I was working on, I was working on Ferraris, Lambos, uh, Porsches, uh, Lotus, all, all these, all these race cars, all these vintage cars. That's what I grew up working, working on, and then slowly we came into the started working on imports when the imports, the Hondas and stuff started. Uh, kicking off in the in the late 80s early 90s we we're doing stuff for those um all the guys street racing i'm um, like i said that's why my bills are all over the place because i go from i've done everything yeah that's cool man did you guys ever get to drive the cars or is it just work on them and don't don't even turn them like don't mess with them no that's that's the thing we used to drive we used to um, have to drive drive some for for doing the tuning on the carburetors or doing yeah. what they're doing on them. Um, so I grew up with all kind all since I was little. When I was when I remember when I was ten twelve years old, there was a shop across the street that imported um, cars from uh, Europe. So there'd be Lambos out there, be Porsches that they were importing from from. Uh, Germany and Europe, and they're getting them ready for the sale in the U.S. And I'd be over there after school, just looking at these cars, going, "Wow, man, that must have been a view right there to see that." Yeah. And these cars they only see in a the magazine. They're they're across the street in this and at this place. It's like that's nice. <laughs> it's cool. The the owner, you know, let let me walk around and check out the cars as long as you know not don't touch dude, but used to let me hang around and just look at the stuff and kind of stuck and then from there it probably it's probably right there and then uh you were like man i want to like work on cars or get be be more a part of the of like that scene well growing growing up my dad and my uncles all they all worked on on their own cars and stuff so we always had somebody's cars getting getting, getting worked on at the house Somebody's cars, motors getting worked on, so I'd always be there, you know, handing handing wrenches, trying to see what's going on, just to get involved. And as far as like your family, are you the only one that builds model cars, or or is there any other like you know like family members or that are like inspired to also do, try it out? Um, well, there's my uncle, but he doesn't build anymore. He's the one that got me into it. I still have some some of our old bills that we used to build together that survived. I still have them. I still have them here, and I look at them once in a while going, oh. That's time, man. You got to send me a photo. I want to see. Okay, I'll send you some. Yeah, I got to check that out right there um, of stuff that you did back then. It's nice, you know, having that because there, there's a lot of memories. I bet when you look at them, it takes you back. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool, man. I I like cool that about, you I, kept them. That's the cool, the cool thing about it. It's, it's relaxing as long as you don't let it get to you. Um, but I think we all do it because it reminds us of something better back then when we, when we were kids, when we, when we first picked up a model. 
every time we open up a box, I think that's that's what we do. That's why we buy a kit and look at it, open it up, because it reminds us of that first that first kit that we bought that we had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I still remember um, like the the box art on the AMTs where it was just like that bluish kind of background and it would have uh, either like the, that red 58 Impala or that blue like 64, like a really light blue 64. Yeah. But the background was just kind of, you know, like really soft tone. Um, it, it wasn't like too loud. It was more like the car uh, what is what was popping out. And then there was that 62 Bel Air that, you know, it was a, a blue Bel Air. And I remember, like, the Blue Bel Air and the 58 were the two models that every time I went to the local hobby shop, they always had those in stock. And for the most part, were the only models I would, like, keep buying again and again all the time. And sometimes when I go to the model shows or, you know, or, like, the recent one, like the SoCal Open, I'll, I'll see them for sale. You know, someone, someone's always selling them. And... Uh, even though I already have like one or two or, you know, some extra copies, I still somehow end up buying another one. Yeah. Because you're right. It takes me back, man. Like every time I look at those, I'm always like, oh, man, I, I still remember, you know, those are, buying Those it. are the kids gravitate when we're having problems and we're stuck on something. Mm-hmm. We gravitate to the kits we know. The ones we've done before, the ones we finished before, the ones we had, the ones we did as kids. Those are the ones we kind of gravitate to when we're having problems. Yeah, no, you're right. I I remember, you know, just putting it together and just, you know, getting to those, uh, like, those final stages. And there was always be, like, a part or two I couldn't put in it. Like, I, I was just, man, I don't think I could fit in this anymore. And it was always, like, a hose that would connect to, like, the radiator to, like, the engine. Hoses that never reached. <laughs> Yeah, dude. I was always like, no, whack. It's not, I guess it's not going to work. Like, well, no one's going to see it, you know? Um, but I, I still remember just having the, the body and putting, putting it like on, on top of a box and just spraying it in the backyard. And um, I mean, never, never even thinking about sanding the body, washing it or cleaning it before uh, paint or even primer. I would just straight up just shoot uh, the, I think it was just like testers, like a rattle can of paint. And I'll just let it dry with the sun hitting it. And then once it was dry, like by night, I was already like handling the model. And uh, <laughs> and just, you know, just gluing everything. I didn't even have like a hobby knife. I would just twist off the parts off and just kind of just start piecing everything together that way. And I'd be like, cool, I got a model, like it's ready, you know? And um and I, I still remember like putting the model on on my bed, but I would like position it just so it looked like it was low. Because with you know, with like the comforter, it, I would just kind of like mess yeah. with mess with it and it would just look like it's like slammed. Yeah. And I would just stare at it for like different angles, like just appreciating like the design of the car. You're ma- you're making me want to go and, and pull out those AMT kits now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the thing I remember about those first kits, those first builds when I started 
painting bodies was brush painting them. With testers? With tester, the tester bottle paints, the uh-huh. glass bottle. And then try and figure out why, you know, two weeks later, they're still not dry. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they'd, they'd finish them up and they'd have fingerprints all over the place because the paint was never dry. It, it's crazy how, you know, back then, since we were younger, you know, we had all these obstacles, you know, where, where you're messing with testers, the paint's not drying, and then the glue was kind of trippy too. Um, the putty that they also made was kind of crazy. And then if you made, if you use like the, the, the brushes that had those, uh, the, the black bristles. Yeah. That was, I don't know what, like a plastic bristle. Yeah. Yeah. Back then you didn't know there was any other kind of brush except for what came with the, with the bottles. Yeah. You know, that, that's all. I remember buying like this, uh, this set of, uh, paints and then it came with, uh, it, it was pretty much like a substitute for an airbrush. So, like, if you didn't have an airbrush and if you didn't have, like, you know, the, the compressor or anything, you would basically just, uh, they gave you, like, a, an aerosol can. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and then, you know, you screw on, like, the little hose and everything. I guess you could just spray the color, the color out. And I remember buying that and using it. It didn't really work for me. I was like, yeah, man, I, I got to stick back to the work. cans. <laughs> yeah, I remember trying that, and the paint was all blotchy. The paint's running off the body. You're like, why is this working? Yeah, you didn't know anything about priming the priming the body or anything like that, and you try and spray this stuff, it doesn't stick to anything. Mm-hmm. I, I gotta send you uh, later. I'll, I'll text you a photo of a '67 Impala that I still have, and it's it's one that I built like before I stopped uh, model building, and it might have been like 98 or 99 when I did it. Uh, but that one doesn't have any primer. It's just straight, like the paint is just painted on. And in some areas, you could tell where it's starting to fade. Like you could see through it. Like you, like you kind of, like I bet you if I took the body out and I threw it in like to strip it, it would come off quick, the paint. Yeah, because it didn't stick it didn't stick to the plastic. You can see it all the all the door panels where the paint mm-hmm. is in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can see it, man. It's like it looks kind of crazy. Uh, but I, I just kept it because at that time when I built that one, I felt like, all right, this is this is the best it's ever gonna get, and that's it, you know? Because I didn't like everybody who was building already was not building anymore that I grew up with. At that time, I think uh, we we're, I was like going to become a freshman in high school around that time. Yeah, I think about that time before, I think before, yeah, right around high school, right before then, I, I started taking all the, all the Impalas that I had laying around and started putting, I figured out how to do, uh, uh, taking bobby pins, burning them into the body and hooking up a motor to it with the, with some string. And a battery, making them hop. Oh, nice. You got into the hoppers? And well, it's just, yeah, it was something to do with all the cars that had laying around. Mm-hmm. Just trying to make them hop. That's about as far as I got into them. Yeah. So parts started breaking off. and Isn't it crazy, like, how everything has evolved? Like, from, uh, from then to now, like, when you come to, like, the hoppers... When you start seeing just like 
people busting out the hoppers. But I feel like, you know, obviously a lot of people are getting into the RC hoppers because you just buy it. <laughs> it's like ready to go. That's uh, the thing. It's done easier. Mm-hmm. But the other ones, man, it's tough to do the 124 scale to get them going. Yeah. Yeah, I feel, I feel like a lot of people that got into, like, the Lowriders model building, that was one of their purposes is, like, to learn how to make a hopper. And, I mean, man, it's tough. Like, once you step into that world, you're like, yeah. you know, it's yeah, either going to work or it's not. Yeah. What a trip. Yeah. You know, the, way look, the way I look at it, a model is a static model. And if you're trying to make it a hopper or it's trying to make it move, then it's not a model anymore. Yeah. It, it starts to, it's like you're pretty much creating it into an, now you're stepping into like the RC world. Yeah. I mean, it's cool if you, if you can make all that happen, but it's just not, for me, it's just not a model anymore. Yeah. Cause you know, we pretty much build them, we display them and we just like to, you know, stare at them pretty much static. Well, the way I look at it is you have all these all these things in your head, and this is the way, one way of getting them out. Yeah, so true. What, what is, um, as far as, like, when it comes to, like, the tools, do you have, a, like, a favorite tool that you like to use all the time? The one I use most of is just is the X-Acto knife for everything. Um, it's always, always, that's always on the table for to grab real quick to do something. Either to scrape a panel line off or cut tape or cut some plastic off when I need to. Um, but the stuff I like, I've been finding, I've been using a lot more now is the, um, I actually think I bought them from you. The, they're the sanding sticks, the stainless ones, the, the, oh, it's not coming to mind right now. Is it the, uh, the, the ones I have with the grit that's like adhesive? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, those are pretty cool. You could pretty much attach them to like, you know, different shaped items, whether it's round or or just a flat like surface, and then so just I've, be able to I mean, sand. I find I've been since I got those. I don't think I've used a regular sanding stick for anything. Yeah, because th th those are cool. I I use I have some as well that I use. Like I have different sanding sticks, but then I also have uh, some like. Back then, I remember buying these acrylic pieces, like a square one and a round one. Uh -huh. And then I started using the uh, uh, that adhesive uh, sandpaper with like the sticky side. So I would peel off the back, yeah. and I would just stick it on like a sticker, pretty much. And now I was like, all right, cool. Now I can pretty much sand either uh, an area that's that has like a round shape, a round radius. Or or a square, or if I wanted something just flat, I would just uh, place it on there and flatten it out. And, um, and yeah, I really like. There's another one that's made from Infini model, but that one doesn't have adhesive in the back. So you pretty much you do peel off the back, uh, but what it is is it's very stretchable, and you could wrap it around pretty much any kind of object that the um, that the sheet, you know, stretches to. Yeah. And, um, but you have to hold it or, or else, you know, it's going to fall because it doesn't have the, the adhesive. In the beginning when I, I tried one out, I thought kind of like, 
oh cool this is just another one that has you know with the sticky in the back but then once i peeled when i took that off it it didn't have that and i was like what the hell so i started doing searches to see you know people using it and whatnot and um then i started to see some photos and yeah it looked like it was being placed on like very like hard to reach or like odd ob objects <clears throat> and they were able to just like like with their hand hold it and then just kind of uh, go back and forth and like sand those areas so i was like oh okay i get it you know but at first i was i was kind of confused because i assumed it was that but it wasn't um it's pretty similar it's just it doesn't have the the sticky side on it yeah i have some of those i i what i've done was take the the double-sided tape from scotch for like crafting mm -hmm. and you can uh put that down on the on the standing stick or on a, i have a couple like the rounds the styrene the round tube or the square tube or the square uh styrene put the double-sided tape on that and then put that wrap that around it oh nice i have a a round or a square sanding stick to get into somewhere uh-huh that's cool and in your like where you have your booth set up do you pretty much have your bench like set up in in there as well like next to it um no my bench is in the inside the house i have my my own room in there my own mess <laughs> um and pretty much out here is because i i have to put air, uh, air conditioner in here because it gets it gets warm during the day so I'm out. The only time I'm out here is usually at night or on cool days. Mm -hmm. And and as far as like the paint, what kind of paint are you you using right now to airbrush? Uh, I started off with House of Color, which is still my go-to when I need to do something. Um, splash paints lay down great. Um, I've been using some of the Model Car World, um, some of the Spastics for base coats work pretty good um but i've been going more and more back to splash paints and house of color mm -hmm. i'm still playing with this with the splash paints on some stuff i've been trying some of the tropical glitz colors mm -hmm. which are pretty good colors they're it's pretty nice paint yeah but like too much too much with it still is trying to mix some of the metallics and pearls into it still playing with that Oh dang, that's cool. Do you um do you make trips out to like Coast Airbrush? Um, not as much as I used to, but yeah. Mm hmm That's where I go for most of my supplies. Yeah, same here. I have not gone out there. It's been a while since the the last time I've gone out to uh, Coast Airbrush. It's, I dude, I still remember going there first time. I my head was like hurting. I felt like it was gonna explode from the fumes yeah. of the. I mean, I don't know. I guess it was just that first initial time, and then after I went back, and then I just, I was like immune to it now. To yeah, it's the first, not used to it. You're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty strong, but that's dope, man. I mean, I haven't rocked any House of Color in a while, but I do miss it though. I do. Uh, do you are you using like the the Show Clear from House um, of Color? Uh, show clear the SEO SEO one, and I have some other um, clears that I 
because um, I have a couple of friends that actually do painting, painting on one-on-ones, and they help me out with uh, sometimes with supplies or with questions. If I, hey, this this is doing this, why why is it doing this? And I'm like, well, you you screwed up, dumbass. Um, forgot to clean, something. or you didn't mix it right. Try this. So I kind of have somebody to go to to help help me out with that. So that like here, try try this clear, and they'll give me some clear. I'll try that. And I have some stuff that's, I have a, about a gallon of clear, I think, 10 years ago. And I still think have half a gallon of that kind of, of that around. It goes a but long yeah, way. It goes a long way. Mm-hmm. But the, I bought some of the, I started buying the House of Color clear. So when I, they started selling it in, in uh, quartz cans. And I've been using theirs and it's, it works great. Yeah, dude. I remember back then buying the, from, uh, Oh, that coast, their the show clear. They had like a court set. And I think at that time it was like about a hundred bucks for for the court with the reducer and the catalyst. Yeah, I remember those times. That's why I never bought there before because it was so much. Yeah, and, and I remember they even offered like free shipping for it too. So I was like, Oh, I'm jumping on this. And then I recently checked just to see. I was like, I'm curious because one of my friends he has a body shop, and he was telling me that how much materials, the prices have gone up on paints and, and other materials where the place where he gets his stuff from. And uh, and then I checked Coast, you know, and, and I, I saw it was like, now it wasn't no more 100 bucks, you know. I think it was about 140 around there, you know. But I mean, yeah, it's understandable, you know. A lot of these things, especially right now, are, have gone up. Uh, but I, but I was like, man, I, man, I, I, I haven't used it, and but I miss it from back then. Yeah. And your paints, do you like store them in a in a special area, or do you just kind of leave them out? Um, they're back in. I have some stored in the in the garage in in, um, in bins. Because I actually have a lot of one to one colors, mm-hmm. so I, those are still in the in the quartz cans, like leftovers I got from some body shops, some friends. They're like, here, we're not going to use this anymore. You can have them. Oh, that's the best, dude! When you get hooked up like that. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, and some of the stuff I just have, um, I made some racks, and I keep in the cabinets in my. In my back room where I spray, so I, everything's there. So I never, I didn't want to spray in the in the house because I I do spray the clear and stuff. But I sprayed it. I used to spray it in the garage and having to have stuff lying around was kind of getting old. Mm-hmm. I sand all that stuff off the clear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I hate that when uh, when those little particles, just things, it just attracts attracts it. Yeah. And then it hits and you're like, oh, dang. Like, yeah, it sucks. It sucks when that happens. Um, you, earlier, you had mentioned about, you had asked your friend about, you know, when there's like a reaction on the, like on the paint. I remember one of my homies, the one who has the body shop, there was a couple guys who were like wanting to get a, like he, they wanted to get hired basically from, you know, to work for him. And at that time he was looking for some painters because he, he was just doing everything himself. And these guys came in and he was just like, you know, kind of like a test run 
like you know because they were saying oh we're experienced painters this and that so then um he was like all right well i have this door right here i just need it primered so if you guys can primer these doors and then do this other thing right here and that'll be it for the day so the dudes were like yeah, yeah cool so they they each primered a door from that car that he was working on and they left it and then the guys were like all right we're gonna jam and they left <laughs> and then we were like me and my friend were just talking like kicking it in the shop for a bit and then he's like hey let's go take a look at the doors just to see you know they should be done now and it was a trip one of the doors had like a couple of like areas where the paint reacted and the other door was like clean you know and um and i was telling him damn i i've i've never really seen that on a on a one-on-one scale like the primer to look like that and um and he was like oh shit he was pissed he's like this fool this fool i bet you this fool didn't even wash his hands or anything yeah he, he was touching the the thing with his hand and spraying it or didn't put gloves or nothing so i remember um he went to the back to see if they were still there because he wanted to like tell tell the dudes and yeah they were st <laughs> they were still there they're in the back and the one who had who had painted that one door from the car, he's all back there just chilling, eating some chips. <laughs> and my friend was like, "Oh shit, this fool must have been eating chips." Came over <laughs> here, you know, touched the door, um, didn't even like shoot any pre-clean or anything to clean it, and just straight up started shooting, and um, and you know, it, it just reacted. And he did tell him, he's like, hey, dude, you were eating, huh? And that fool's like, nah, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, you were. Look, come here. And he showed him. And then the dude's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, my bad or whatever. And that was it, man. That was the end for that dude. I was like, oh, he's not going to get hired. Because now, my friend, you know, you have to do more time to just to sand that off and then go back in there and yeah. uh, reprimer it. So, and, you, and you're using more material again. You got to mix up some more primer more material losing time mm -hmm. yeah it it's it's fascinating seeing all that and it's cool you know like with wes like he's like painting cars one-on-one scale cars in his job but then also having that time to model build is pretty tight and then knowing you have that you know you're working on cars your background that's tight too you know And, and like, what's, what's next for like this year? Um, are, are you making any plans for, for other builds you want to jump into? Um, there's a couple of builds I want to get back, back into that started a while back. Kind of want to get those done. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to get a couple of builds done for the, uh, show in November down at the NHRA museum. Oh, you're right. That's coming up. Yeah, November. So yeah, Bill's done for that. That I, so I've I've never made that show because it always happens on the weekend when I have something going on. Mm. So I've built for it. Yeah, I was about to. Ask. I didn't go last year, but I remember like going some other years, and I haven't. I I didn't see you there. I would oh. I would see other people there. I remember seeing Dennis Anthony Reels there, but now I didn't, I didn't see you there. Yeah, because certain shows always seem to line up on weekends where there's family functions going on mm -hmm. one of the, that's one of the shows that's always kind of lines up with something going on with the family 
Yeah. That's kind of why the NNL, um, NNL West, I was going like every other year because there, there was something going on with the family around that time. Mm-hmm. So I'd kind of go do the family, and then the next year I'd go do my own stuff. Yeah. So now this year, so this one for this year, you're it's pretty much like you're good. Like that yeah. day, you're pretty open. I'm already, yeah, I'm already making plans for it. So hell yeah. Yeah, dude, I'll, I'll most likely I'll be there. I think it, for me, it's about an like an hour drive from where I'm at. How far is that from you, that NHRA museum? Uh, from where I'm at, it's about the same. Oh, okay, about... not too far. Dang, that's cool, man. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know any other shows. Do you know of any other shows going on in around our area for this year? Um, there was another one, but not. Off the top of my head, I can't remember which one it was. Mm-hmm. Somebody was somebody was talking about it. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll keep my eyes out, like you know, just to see like online um, anything. But but yeah, I, I remember getting a flyer uh, earlier in the year for that show, for the one in uh, in November. Yeah. And um, I mean, I, I as of right now, I know I have it open. I just have to decide, you know, whether if I'm gonna if I plan to vend or if I plan to just attend it and participate, like bring some models to it. Um, so we'll see, we'll see what's up. Um, I still haven't decided like what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I mean, it's not like a big room, you know, it's like, it's a pretty small room. Yeah. Uh, it's like, it's more, um, I would say it's more like an intimate setting, you know, I mean where the model is the section, but obviously you could walk around through the museum you have access to see all the uh, cars that they have on, on display. But that should be a fun one. Yeah, I always look forward to going back to the museum. Because mm-hmm. they do uh, switch out the cars, huh? Every so often? Yeah, they switch out the cars. Um, and back when I was uh, back when I was working, wrenching at the shop, because I used to work for um, AEM. Uh, working on their dyno stuff, um, we had we had an R, uh, a Mazda R100 for one of the guys, and now um, we have a picture. He, he, uh, Wally Parks actually he was the first import to be um, inducted into the museum, and we have a picture of of, uh, of them standing there with the car in the museum. We rolled it in there, took the pictures. Oh, that's cool. So you got to see all that like back then. Yeah, back then it was fun. It was like didn't have anything. No, it was a uh, single, <laughs> young, and the weekends at the racetrack doing whatever I needed to do. Do they still but, do uh, events there at that racetrack now? At Pomona, yeah, they still do. Yeah, but you but you don't go anymore. Um. Well, the only the only events they hold there is the NHRA events. Mm-hmm. Because the people around there kind of complained about the other events that they used to have with the streetcars, that they make too much noise, so they kind of killed those off. Oh, whack. They're like too loud. Yeah. Well, it gets really loud, huh? Yeah, it gets loud, but... I mean, I've never been, but I can imagine. Dang, those are the like the good old days, huh? Yeah, you look at them as like, yeah, they're good old days because you used to do whatever you wanted, but they get old. Yeah, oh yeah. After a while, you're like, "Damn, how long can I keep doing this for?" 
and I kind of got 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 out of that and went to it um, for dealership work for Honda now because I wanted a steady paycheck. Mm-hmm. Doing that stuff was fun, but there was no steady paycheck. Yeah, it was always all different all the time. Yeah. How how long um, were you there with with Honda, or are you still with them? I'm still with Honda. Oh, okay. Dang. So you get to see like you know all the like every year like the new stuff that'd be coming out. Yeah. Do you, uh, and then, and then on top of that, well, you get to like test drive it and, and see what's up. Is there a particular Honda car that you're like, yo, this is, this one's dope right here? Uh, when they first came out was the S2000. Those were, those were fun. Um, type R's are fun. But other than that, they're kind of, they're kind of, they're kind of the same now. It's mm-hmm. kind of weird. But they're kind of they're tamed down. They're not. I wonder if like you know like um, there's like regulations from the state, you know, or from you know certain things like don't make them too fast or don't do this, you know, um, to let people like modify them or I don't know. It's just more more I guess more safety, right? Um, it's more safety and more more. Um, in a way, they're more complicated than they used to be because there's so much computer-controlled. Oh, you're right. I didn't think about so, that, the computer stuff. Before, it used to be easy to for somebody that just with basic knowledge to swap a cam, put an intake on, do something like that. But now you can't do that. Some of that stuff you can't do anymore. Mm-hmm. With, like the newer, with all these newer models, huh? Yeah. Dang. You think... Um, because I've noticed, like, online, too, it seems like all the older models are very sought after. And, um, like, the, like those cars, like, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. And I, I wonder, I don't know, if it's that or, or just because of nostalgia, maybe, or the popularity. It's the, the nostalgia, and it's the, it's kind of, it's like the, like the vintage cars, the guys that grew up, that was their first car. Mm-hmm. Had to sell them that for some reason or another they had to sell them because you know, life comes along, family comes along, and now the the, the kids are grown up. They have the money now. They want to go uh, get their get the car back that they drove when they were in high school. Yeah, comes yeah. around whether it's a muscle car, whether it's a import. That's mm-hmm. you go back to what you know. Yeah, <laughs> but, but like with models, you you get that you get that new model. You always go back to the ones that you did when you were a kid, you get that same feeling. And that's what some of these guys are doing. I know some of the guys that are, that are, that still either still have their cars that they had in high school, their Hondas, or some of the guys are going out and buying, buying uh, the same models that they had. And I put the money into them that they couldn't do it in high school. Mm -hmm. It's just cost more now, but they're doing the same thing. Yeah, it's a trip. Like, I, I see that. I see what you're saying, like that connection, because it's like even now, you know, let's say there's a model that you want and, you know, let's say you can't find it at a show and it's kind of hard to find, but you find it online or someone's like saying, yo, I'll sell it for like 60 bucks or 80 bucks. And you remember buying it for like maybe 10 or less back then. But you're kind of like, man, this might be my only chance to get it. So you're just like, screw it, I'll buy it. And you, and you might be, you know, you're paying more, but 
you you got it and it's kind of in a way sort of even too at times with the with the one on one scale cars you know now they're like i i want that car back yeah exactly you want that you you it's all we want that that feeling again you want to you want that feeling of you want to feel young again you want that 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 uh that feeling of when times were different mhm yeah cuz i mean dang during that time from what i can remember model building it's like you know no responsibilities as far as like you know the ones we have now like you know having family or kids uh just it's almost like just doing whatever you wanted to do in a way as long as 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 long as you didn't bring any problems to the house yeah you're good you know like no one was gonna bother you if especially if if your parents saw you were model building they're kind of like all right let, like let him do his thing yeah at least he's home doing doing that yeah no yeah well that's how it was for me i was either back then it was on the weekends i was either with my friends riding riding our bmx bikes all over the all over the neighborhood parents never saw us or they buy buy me a model kit when they were out and that's what i was doing all weekend was building a model hell yeah dude that's tight that you mentioned bmx bikes yeah yeah that was like the thing were, were you like dirt, dirt jumping or you're like jumping curves or what were you doing with with your bmx uh both just either we make we put ramps up hell yeah <laughs> down the street and jump my back's reminded me of that how many times i fell um but it kind of like i said it kind of works out because my wife now she's if hey i'm she's home i'm home building at night i'm home i'm home on the weekends sometimes if i have a day off um she'd rather i be home building model cars than yeah, um, than being out out and about being out, being out and about being at a bar like some some people i know mm. dang do you uh do you ever get the do you still have your BMX or do you ever think about buying one? Just to, just I to have, about, yeah. Yeah. Buy my old red line again. Dude, I used to have a red line too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because a lot a lot of my homies always talk about I had a GT, a GT. I never had a GT. I had a red line. Red line's more affordable than the GT. Yeah. And I remember because my uh my grandpa, he uh I ha- like I have an older uncle, his son, and he was four years older than me. And I remember, like, my grandpa used to uh, ride bicycles and stuff. But for us, he was like, he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna fix you guys up some bikes or whatever, like to go BMX and all this." And I mean, I rode a little bike, but now it was time to go, you know, for the bigger, like the regular size bikes. And I remember, uh, like, him buying parts. And just piecing the bike together and he was like here this one's yours and mine was a red line and my uncle he was the one who got like the gt and all this stuff and his was chrome and, and everything and i was like dang yours is dope you know but i was like red line i never heard of red line before yeah. but then once i started hanging out with my friends and writing um then i don't know for some reason like they were like, oh, that's like I like the name or this and that, and and then other friends started pulling up at red lines too. So I was like, yeah, hell yeah, this is a bad bike too, you know. And um, my uh, a guy moved in next door to where I lived, and he was a 
a factory sponsored rider Dang. for uh, MX. Uh-huh. So he have all these spare parts in his garage. So all the all the kids in the neighborhood would hang around his house, um, sit there and work on our bikes. Yeah, here have have these pedals, have these cranks. We sit there. And that's how we learn to to wrench on things. Pretty soon we're sitting there uh, spray painting our bikes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to make them look like the ones in the magazines. Yeah. Dude, I, I still, on my knee, I have a scar from the, the one of those, like, those bear claw, like, pedals. Yeah. Fuck. I still remember, uh, like, pedaling really fast, like, standing up and just, like, sli- like slipping somehow, even though the, the grip was on the shoe. And, like, the... You know the the pedals like go backwards, yeah. And it's just like hitting hitting my my knee, and I don't know. My other foot was still on, so I don't know. I don't know if it was like pressing down or what, but I ended up like hitting my knee and I fell. And like the the like I pretty much when I fell like I you know like the handlebars were let loose, so that thing just it just twisted. And I landed like sideways, and um, I was like, ah, oh, damn! Like what, what was up with my knee? You know. And, um, and yeah, that man, I hated those pedals though. It was, it, was, it was like spikes. Yeah. I had those on my bike too. I killed my shins, have scars, got rid of, and I couldn't wait to get rid of those things. Yeah, dude, I, I didn't, I didn't like it. Uh, but yeah, man, though, it was cool. You know, I, I'm trying to think, I don't know if it was like when I had it, um, the bike like the years but it had to be like um for sure like most likely mm, before the 90s for sure like late 80s when i had that bike when i was riding because i was small i was a small kid and then i had that thing for a long time even throughout like elementary and stuff and um the only changes on it was just the tires or or you know that after a while because we started to learn how to um like when you put your your foot on the back tire to yeah. to brake, but then you kind of slide. We started learning how to do that, and um, because I remember on the handlebars there was only one brake for the for the rear, and um, like so it just had one cable, like running back to that. But then I don't know, we, I, I didn't really like the way it looked because I started to see all the older kids that were riding their bikes with pretty much no brakes. And um and then they were like, oh, this is how you stop. You put your foot right here you, <laughs> on the on the back. You stand up, yeah. and, and you leave one foot like you're on the pedal, and then the other foot you're stepping on the tire, but you're also like kind of like on the on the back part of the body <laughs> that's holding that back wheel. You just <laughs> press it right there, and, you know, and you start learning like, oh shoot, like this is how you do it. I don't know, man. You're taking me back right here with all this stuff. <laughs> and I haven't thought about this stuff in a while. Yeah, that's pretty tight. Did you ever, um, like, look at the, the dudes that were, were doing, like, the freestyle stuff? Yeah, we had a few of the guys in the neighborhood that were doing, um, that did freestyle riding. Yeah, I was, I was always fascinated, but I couldn't do it. Like, I always tried, and I, I couldn't do it, man. That, that stuff, look, like, you had it. Like if you could do it, man, you're gifted. If you could do stuff like that, yeah. Like that's just a whole another thing. Going in circles and doing all these like tricks, 
Well, that's, that's how you learn that the ground is hard and you hit it enough times, you learn not to do that again. <laughs> yeah. Right? Dang. Man, that's kind of crazy how you said earlier, painting the bikes, you know, and, and not knowing that later. It's like right now you're still painting. It was just something you were going to be doing for for a long time. You're painting the yeah. models, you know? It's strange how, yeah, stuff comes back around. Yeah, man. No, it does. It does. Yeah, I wish, I still wish I had um, the, those bicycles because, yeah, once, like, my uncle, he stopped riding his, and then his his bike went bad. And then at some point, my grandpa just took it apart, and he would just hang the, the frame up in the garage on his. And then mine, I, I, I kind of stopped using it after a while uh, because by then I was starting to get into, like, skateboarding and other things with my friends. So I wasn't using that bike anymore as much. And um and I remember the the grips on the handlebars were already all worn out, like ripped from what I could remember. And I never never replaced them. <laughs> and I was like, oh that's it. But every time though, during that time, like later as I got older, when I would go to the swap meet, I remember um like, you know, everyone's selling like you they're pretty much like their personal belongings and stuff like that. Yeah. So at the swap means it, there was one in Ventura. It was like a drive-in, a drive-in like movie theater. Um, and in the weekends it was like a swap meet. And I remember walking around and I would always look at the, either the bikes, like whoever sold bike parts. And, and, but by then what was always popular was like the white walls now with, or Chrome, chrome bicycles and and even some lowrider bikes like parts but i would always look for look at that in the model kits like if people were selling like model cars yeah you know and but i mean it wasn't anything that that i was you know it was just ran, like random kits that i would see and i would just like stare at but i i, I didn't really have the urge to buy those i was always like oh, i'll just just wait wait till the hobby store yeah, man, that's crazy. That's pretty cool, man, going down uh, memory lane uh, right here. Yep. I'm pretty sure some people listening probably can can relate or remember that too um, because I I think I feel like that was part of uh, like growing up as a kid, things you did, you know. Um, you either were riding a bicycle like BMX style stuff, skateboard. skateboarding, you know, or model building, man. I mean, I, yep. I feel like those are all like Tra- like traditions from back then um you know that that kept your mind busy just doing things i mean they say that that's one of the things that's that's the that the model model hob the hobby is kind of losing its way because kids can't hold that attention span in, to build a model anymore but I think there some of them that are getting into that I see getting into modeling is because it's different. It's something that can they can figure out how to do with how to figure out and do with their hands. Mm-hmm. And, they, and when they do it, they like it. Yeah. And things are a lot, a lot more readily available now. Um, there's paint that's not so toxic that they can get into. Um. And some of these kids that are 10, 12 years old, these guys are building better than some of the 
some of the adults now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, right now is a good time. You have like a, if you're getting into it now, you have a really good advantage now. Cause yeah. I mean, not only do you have, you know, a lot of things are accessible, but you also have a lot of people that are knowledgeable and, you know, you end up making friends and, you know, they, they, you don't even, you know, you don't even have to see them in person. Like online, they could show you a video or a picture yeah. or just telling you through text, like, Hey, this is how you do it. Or try this. And, um, and next thing you know, you're like busting out, you're doing it. It's, uh, it's crazy. I, I remember back then too, like with some homies, we were, uh, getting into like collecting like action figures. And I remember there was this one action figure that said like, you know, it had, it had like 20 points of articulation. And I would always ask my friends, like, what does that mean? You know, when it has like the number and it says articulation and then he would say, Oh, that just means like that figure has, you know, like 20 points of like in the body where the joints, everything's going to pretty much like bend where you could position it. And I'd be like, all right. So then later they would like show me something else. I was like, check this one out. This is like right now at this time, like one of the highest like points of articulation, like a figure. Mm -hmm. And I would look at it and I'd be like, damn, like you could bend the elbow, the wrist, each finger. And even within the finger, like the three points like that we have, like that we bend on our, on our finger. It was like all that the figures like toes, like it was all these things. And we were just tripping out like how at that time we're saying right now they are making some of the best toys ever made, like for, for an, a collect, like an action figure. But how sad is it that like none of these kids are even into this, you know, yeah. they are not even into this. Like this is the stuff we dreamed of to be made. And now it's being made right now. And, and then we were like, and look at us, we're like 30, 35 years old and we're, we're buying this stuff. And it's the, it's the same <laughs> stuff we grew up with that now we have the means and time to, to buy. Yeah. And if you think like all the, that's why all these brands are continuing on, right? Like you, you think of like, all right, we grew up with what, like Ninja Turtles, right? Yeah. And like, dude, they still make those action figures, but they're way better. Com yeah. compared to like the original ones that came out where those with they're a little hunchback or <laughs> the, the the arms and legs only move up and down and that's it and now it's like they're just very more a little bit more realistic yeah and more articulated like everything you could pose them different ways but and sometimes it's kind of the same in a way like with with model building as far as the age groups you know it's like 30 and up. And then if I see like 20, 25 or even 18, it's like, that's like a, that's the younger like generation that's like getting into it. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's just, it's just interesting, but I feel like we're all going to just keep doing this stuff for like ever. <laughs> and It'd be nice. Yeah, and even and even if we let's just say if we kind of kick back from building and we probably build a model, you know, once every six months or something, we'll still be keeping up with who's building what, or buy a kit here and there. Yeah, you know, I feel like that that flow will still continue on.
there's always that new kit that comes out that either you got to have because it's cool or something different or it's something that wasn't available before. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, a lot of these companies, you know, they still have some old molds of stuff, you know, and I'm pretty sure, you know, they'll start coming out with more stuff as they go. Did you see um, Round 2 had posted, it, it's like a dump truck that they're uh, going to be releasing? I don't think I saw that one. It looks, I'll, I'll, I'll have to say, forward it to you from Instagram. Pretty, I think I saw it there on YouTube, but... Yeah, it looks like a like a like a huge like dump truck, like kind of like an old school style um, dump truck. I don't know. I never seen anything like that. I mean, I'm sure you know this is like a re-release. Yeah. And you know they might have released something like that like back in the day, but I can only imagine in the future what else is gonna come out that they're gonna bust out from like the vaults, you know? Yeah, I mean it's it's great that something they. They bring out some of that old stuff, but in in the same way, it's um, without coming out with new content. It, they're kind of going backwards in a way. I'd I say. Yeah, and no, I could see that. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I wonder how much it costs them to like create like a whole like a new mold and a whole new thing now. You yeah, know? I don't know. It must yeah. it must be a lot. Yeah. You know, I'm sure back then when they were getting molds done and cranking everything out, they were like selling everything like hotcakes and the money was there to do. And uh, without a doubt, you know, it's even if the risk, they would be like, do it. Now they're probably thinking about it like three times or more. Like, do we, do we want to take this risk to create a new mold? Yeah, I don't know. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll have to send that you that link, though. And all the sad part is that most of the stuff has to go overseas to get made affordable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's, there's very few companies in the States that are... That are doing it. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, it, it's it's a trip, man. Like, uh, I wonder I wonder if, like, um, if we'll ever have, like a, like, a historian for model building that can... Uh, that's that we don't even know, but it's probably been documenting everything in the books or something. I'm sure there is, you know, and then, and then later next thing you know, we got like, we're all like old and there's like a coffee book table book, like the, <laughs> the history of AMT or just the history overall of modeling, how, how we, how we went from then to now, you know, and I'll be sad into the book and go, Hey, I never got that. I'm going to look for that kid. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I wasn't aware of this. Yeah, <laughs> man, that's funny, dude. That's pretty cool. Um, is is there any uh, any shout outs you want to do, Al, before we wrap up this episode? Um, shout outs to my NCBA family. Um, you know who you are, Wes, Anthony, uh, Jesse, Dennis. Uh, everybody else that we kind of try and keep try and keep together. Um, uh, companies that help out. I mean, is without without companies coming out with new, more products for us to use, we kind of wouldn't be going anywhere. Splash, 
House of Color, Tropical Glitz. Um, it all keeps us keeps us going. Nice. Nah, hell yeah, dude. That's cool. Yeah, man. And, you know, keep, keep up the great work as well, like on your end, um, you know, because like you said, like these companies coming out with all these products keep things like exciting. You know, it, it, it makes you want to push yourself to that next level right there. And I hope that, you know, we get to see each other at that show in November coming yeah. up. And, you know, hopefully, you know, everybody that's listening uh, in your club members, you know, everyone like comes out as well to uh, to hang out because, you know, you brought up something that, you know, I, I didn't really think about it until you said it. You know, we don't really get to see you know, our friends and things like that nowadays, it's hard. The only times we do get to see each other is at a show. So I hope, I hope that, you know, people think about that and, um, and they could come out so they could kick it. So I yeah. right there. Yeah. Cool. Well, Hey bro, it was, uh, it was awesome, uh, talking to you and, um, We'll have to do this again. We'll have to chop it up, man. I, I'm already like, man. I, I gotta, I gotta ask my parents if there's any pictures of my bike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got me thinking about the red line for sure. Damn, that's so crazy. You brought that up. I, I, I never. Everyone always says GT, GT, but never red line. So that's pretty tight. Awesome, man. Well, this was episode number 174 with my guest Al Camacho. If you guys want to check out his Instagram, it's at mcba underscore alfonso nine zero seven forty four and um and you have a good night man thank you Me for too, taking Ed. the time and uh we'll we'll chop it up soon and uh hopefully i get to see you out in november yeah, same here if you if you ever want to head out this way let me know yeah no yeah i'll let you know man sounds good all thank right. you all right cool all right bro have a good night have a good night thank you peace peace